Hello, New Orleans Saints fans. I am Todd Graffinini. This is the Wednesday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek alongside my partner in crime, John DeShazer. We'll hear from WWL's own Deuce McAllister in just a little bit. JD, our first multi-facility practice, if you will, started outside, ended up inside. That was a first for this camp. Yeah, that's the beauty of having an indoor facility that's really close to the uh, outdoor fields. Um, yeah, it was hot. We were roasting. And then all of a sudden, um, whoever it was with the Doppler came up. And the next thing you know, we were heading inside. And thank goodness, because maybe five, ten minutes after the call to go inside, the skies opened. And uh, so it was good for us. Uh, selfishly and good for the Saints so they could get inside and finish up their work. That's exactly what happened. They were able to finish up without any type of interruption. As far as the practice itself, J.D., what did you see? Well, I mean, I think another day where the defense um, had the upper hand. I thought they did some good things defensively, whether it was seven-on-sevens, whether it was one-on-ones. It really didn't matter. Uh, The defense has really come along here these last week, week and a half or so to where it's put together some really good days. And I thought the offense sprinkled in a day somewhere in there. Um, You had a big play, finally a a deep throw. Uh, People have been waiting and dying to see Jameis Winston connect with somebody deep. He got one deep to Deontay Harris. But otherwise, the defense has had its – I don't want to say had its way with the offense, but it certainly had the upper hand. Um, They've been really good at rushing the pass, and they've been really good in coverage. You know, great segue right there. I, I want to talk about the coverage because, look, sometimes look, the other guys get paid too. Yeah. And you got to give credit to the guys that are doing the covering. And specifically, I thought today, Ken Crawley had another really good day. We've already known what Marshawn Lattimore has done. Marshawn Lattimore has had a tremendous camp. But Ken Crawley has really come on at the cornerback spot. And Paulson Adebo, uh, the rookie from Stanford, he continues. You know, he might get beat every once in a while, but he is right there when it does happen. So you got to give credit to these guys. You know, Paulson Adebo is a is a big physical specimen. Um, when Ken Crawley said that, you know, hey, this guy's going to play, Rook's going to play, and he said that before Patrick Robinson retired. Uh, Paulson Adebo has been really impressive, and Ken Crawley too. Can Ken Crawley maintain the consistency? That's always been the issue with him since that 2017 season when he stepped in and started the rest of that season opposite Marshawn Lattimore when Lattimore was a rookie. Can Ken Crawley? continue this pace he looks like he's in a better place mentally in terms of being able to handle it all right this is our last podcast uh prior to the first preseason game in baltimore daniel salerson will man the podcast on friday but what are you looking forward to seeing uh in baltimore on saturday night well you got to look at the quarterbacks and, and not just look at the quarterbacks. so you have to look at the units that they're in there with uh whoever goes out with the ones you would hope expect them to be a little bit more successful because you know the ones are the better unit but whoever's out there with the twos you want to see those twos play up a level too i think the quarterbacks might play a little bit longer than we're accustomed to seeing in the first preseason game because you only have three and you have a quarterback competition so i'm looking forward to seeing those quarterbacks looking forward to see some of the cornerback play too because you know you know what marshawn Lattimore is but the Saints have to be ready on that other side. They've got to build up some depth there. And we know that Coach Sean Payton continues to say that that's a must position. Well, it might be a must position, but right now they got what they got. So those guys have to play. So you want to see what happens there also. It's going to be very intriguing on Saturday night up in Baltimore. That is John DeShazer. So as you can read his stuff every single day on NewOrleansSaints.com. Don't go anywhere, though. Coming right up. 
have an exclusive interview with Deuce McAllister, Saints all-time leading rusher, Saints Hall of Fame, and, of course, color analyst on the broadcast, radio broadcast on WWL this year, along with Mike Haas. Here's my conversation with Deuce. Pleased to be joined by former Saints running back, Hall of Famer, and color analyst for the radio broadcast on WWL, Deuce McAllister. Deuce, it is an honor to have you on the podcast today. Not a problem at all, and uh, I, I saw you have to pause and kind of think and remember, Todd, don't count the days. They, they all just go together and just, hey, look, it's just another day in paradise. We're blessed to be able to do something that we love. So uh, trying to remember what day it is, they all run together. Trust me, I'm with you there. You're very, very uh, honest and open with that because, yes, the days are running into the next. All right, outdoor practice. We're starting to see, though, now do a light at the end of the tunnel when you're talking about playing against somebody else, and that's coming up on Saturday. I think we've reached the point in training camp where you got to start hitting somebody else's jersey. Well, I think that's the most important thing. You've been able, fortunate up to this point, to not have any major injuries. You have a couple guys that are obviously are banged up, and you know you hope to get them back. But at this point, uh, you know the evaluation doesn't stop. But you want to evaluate against another team, and I think that's where this team is at. And so you're excited to see them go out there uh, and play Baltimore. And I'm interested to see how Sean kind of handles this. I know that he's talked about. Um, making one, two, and three kind of compressed just because you lose a preseason game. So the evaluation maybe uh, for some of those younger guys, they get more of an extended time period this first game. But I think it's an important game. You know, uh, score won't be necessarily important. I think putting good film out is what's the most important thing. And that's the thing, and you talked about it. With one less preseason games, that's just less reps that guys are going to get and have a chance to put stuff on film. So I don't know about you, but – for the first time in a very long time, I am going to be fascinated to watch preseason. Well, I think it's important. I mean, because now for a player that may be a fringe player, he knows normally that I can make that up in game four. That's not the case today. I mean, in, in today's age, uh, game four is normally a true game where, hey, look, well, game three is game four now. So uh, I'm interested to see how they handle it. You know, that means tape as far as practice is a lot more important. Uh, normally when you talk about preseason games, you're not just performing for your own team, but there are 31 other teams out there that may have interest in a player, particularly a guy that uh, a team has a lot of depth at. So uh, I think it's important for whether it's a young guy or a veteran guy that maybe he's uncertain of his particular roster spot, they have to be able to show up and you know, basically when their number's called, go and make plays. Talking with Deuce McAllister of WWL Radio. Deuce, you've been out here a bunch. Just your quick assessment of what you've seen with the quarterback so far. Up and down, you know, which was expected. And, you know, and some of that is just uh, those guys in this system and just trying to master that system. And some of that is because of the weapons that you don't have outside. You know, and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that you don't have your top guys. But at the end of the day, whoever's available, that's who you have to go and play with. And so it's just up and down play. And, you know, I think that's to be expected. And I think what Sean has to do is craft something that works for whomever is the quarterback where they are comfortable in that system. You've seen over the years though when Sean Payton has issued a challenge and this obviously is a challenge this year when you're talking about all the attrition that we've seen he's at his best it's almost like he relishes the role. He's giddy now. He, he, <laughs> he, he He's giddy and he's fired up, but it's still a challenge. And I think, you know, uh, when you go about trying to craft something that works and that you feel good about, he'll start those long hours where, hey, look, you know, let me look at this. Let me look at this. Let's, let's go back and play this again. And so I think the most important thing is making sure those guys are comfortable and making sure that you have enough to be able to go out there and win a ball game. I think that's what it's really going to come down to.
This deep into camp, is it as much mental as physical right now? Because, I mean, obviously you've been out here today. It's pretty warm, but, you know, guys, have, like you mentioned, days are running into the next. you got to grind it up, up, you know, neck up right now as well? This is a grind part of it. I mean, because the installations don't stop. You know, just because you, you have an opponent, they're still installing things. They really will. It's really Friday, Thursday and Friday, they'll focus on Baltimore. So right now for them, they're still in the install phase. And so you, you, you have your nicks, you have your bruises, but you still have to be sharp enough to be able to go out there. And then, oh, yeah. You have to fight with the weather. You have to deal with, you know, the humidity and the heat. And so uh, at times it's been a pretty fair day right now. We've got great cl cloud cover, but I mean, uh, you still have to be able to fight through. And so that's that's really what this, this grind is about right now. Right, give me one player on either side of the football, one offense, one defense that going into camp, you really didn't have a whole lot of expectations for that you have seen that have kind of piqued your interest. Well, you know, you, you, you focus on the draft picks and I know right now, uh, Turner's a little banged up, and 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 Pete's a little banged up. Your 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 top two draft picks defensively, but that's really where I focus on, you know. Uh, and and I want to see if there's a spot for them on this defense, and I really do think so. Now, whether that's a starting spot huh, is yet to be determined, but I've really focused on those guys to see if they can come in and contribute uh, right away. And then, you know, you look at, uh, we're in punt right now. Gilligan is the one that's replacing a long-term guy. He's a guy that's got to be solid. And, you know, the Saints did bring in another uh, rookie punter to compete with him, but he's he's been, he's, he's done really, really well. And, you know, the Saints are going to have to use all of their assets as far as this season is concerned. He's got to be a weapon for you because I don't know if this team can drive the football um, as far as 10 to 12 plays. They've got to use the punter. He's got to be a weapon where they can pin teams and, 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 and play the field position game. Deontay Harris, he's got to be a weapon for this team. He has been in the special teams department. He, he's got to be a weapon for them a little bit at offense. He can't be the complete uh, uh, offense as far as the receiver is concerned. So there's a couple guys that you got to either raise their level of play or they're depending on heavily. Uh, you know, that's offense, defense, and special teams. Let's go into a position you know and love, the running back room. We know what we've got in Alvin. We know what we got with Latavius. How important is the signing of Devontae Freeman? I think it's 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 intriguing. I don't know if it's necessarily important because I, I know that they like Dwayne Washington and what he gives them. But with signing Freeman, he gives you a little bit of insurance with Alvin Kamara. And so knowing that you're probably going to lean on him a lot more just because you don't have a Michael Thomas and you may lose Taysom because he may be the quarterback. Uh, all eyes go to 41. And so to be able to bring somebody in like Freeman who can run that outside stretch play, who can be a receiver out of the backfield, who most games he may only get five care, five touches, seven touches per game. There may be some situations where he doesn't get any. But at the end of the day, I think they like him enough that he can come in and, and contribute and help. And, you know, I think that def there's definitely a role for him. Anything specific you're going to look for uh, in, in the Baltimore game, or is it just – you know, guys getting reps. We we still don't know what the rotations are going to be, but just what are you going to be looking for? Well, first and foremost, no injuries. You know, no no major injuries. I think if you can escape with that, I think that's a plus for you. You know, and I I, I want to see what happens at that cornerback position. Sean has talked about, uh, you know, still trying to find another guy outside of Lattimore. Um, you know, and you, you you look at Crawley. You look what he's been able to do. You look at. Um, 
even even the rookie Paulson, what some of the things that he's been able to do. Uh, you have some guys there, but I think that you would feel a little bit better maybe if you were able to bring in another veteran just to be able to help him come in and compete. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. Uh, also tight ends, you know, how involved can those tight ends be? Uh, you did lose two last year. You have Troutman there. You've been able to sign a couple guys. Uh, Wolf has been back the last couple of days. So uh, can those tight ends get involved? And so still, those are just a couple of other things. You know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Peyton Turner is able to play. If not, Davenport, can he make an impact outside uh, from the defensive line spot? And then you talk about some of those uh, uh, linebackers outside of Demario. So can Dow make a play? Can Chase Hansen stay healthy? Can he go out there and make a play? So a couple of guys that have some opportunities to be able to make some plays for you. Basically, to uh, borrow the NFL films line, watch everything. Uh, I can't let you go without asking. Look, you're breaking in your third play-by-play -play guy coming up. Uh, Jim Henderson, Zach Streif, and now Mike Haas. How much are you looking forward to working with Mike? If we can make it fun, then, it, hey, it's, it, it's a plus, and I think that we'll definitely do so. So I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, uh, obviously, Zach, the, the coaching bug was just itching at him, and he had to scratch it. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, it's an opportunity to hopefully be able to bring the listeners uh, something that we see, you know, uh, every, every Sunday. So it should be a lot of fun. Deuce, you the man. Thanks so much. Thank you. No problem. That is Deuce McAllister, WWL Radio, Saints Hall of Fame running back. That's going to wrap it up for this edition on cue right there of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We will see you Wednesday for another edition.